Episode 1, The Triple Encounter. We begin at a bar at Union Station at 7 p.m. on December 23, 2015. Jack is a black, mid-30s Senate staffer, Melissa is a white Midwesterner with a chip on her shoulder, and Ruth is an idealistic doctor from Boston. Jack is in a suit sitting at a bar waiting for a train with his head in a binder. Melissa and Ruth, both strangers, bundled up in winter clothes, randomly approach. Excuse me, are these seats taken? I just got bumped off the 9.30 train to New York and hope to get on the next one. Uh, Me too, or Uh me three, actually. Can I sit and join you? I want to interrupt. Interrupt? No, we're all strangers here. Melissa Weber. Just call me Melissa. Why am I being so formal? And you are? I'm Jack. Are you going to New York? Boston. I'm from there for a semester. Of course. What is it with you coastal people? Boston, New York, San Francisco. Why don't you go anywhere in the middle, like Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm from? <laughs> I don't know. I just got lucky. I guess. I, I got a semester fellowship, and I'll live with my parents in Brookline. Not to be all D.C., but what are you studying, Ruth? It's okay. I'm a child psychiatrist at GW, but I want to learn more about the policy side of things, underserved communities and such, how to get those kids treatment. Wow, making the world a better place. I'm basically a sellout. I do PR at a trade association for frackers. Excuse me, ladies. What will you be having this chilly evening? May I pour you some spiked eggnog to keep you warm? Uh, I need some Caribbean rum mixed with soda pop. I'm a cosmopolitan girl. Coming right up. Another Coke, please. So what about you? Dude, it's Christmas. You can take a break from the D.C. rat race. I'm a Senate staffer. In an hour, I'll either be on the train with you or back in the office. They haven't adjourned for the holiday yet. Gosh, that sucks. Either it's go home for Christmas or come back in time we can't finish on time? Kinda. I'm just rereading these budget proposals. I think they'll make a deal tonight so we can go home. Where are you going? You ask a lot of questions. I know. I'm social like that. I'm interested in people. But if you don't want to tell me, that's fine. I'm going to my godmother in Jersey. Stamford, Connecticut. My parents are there, and my soon-to-be fiancé goes to school in New Haven. Another privileged New Englander. Just say, she goes to Yale... New Haven. It's just simpler to say that to people. When will you pop the question to your soon-to-be fiancé? In about 24 hours. First dinner in Midtown, then I will take her up to the top of the rock, and I will crack open this little box. Ooh. A true Christmas Eve miracle. What does she mean to you? How did you meet her? Now you're the one asking all the questions. I know. I get all curious about this stuff. What makes a man want to commit his life to a woman and only have kids with her? How many questions are we up to? (laughs) I don't know. Just answer them. Anna and I met. Oh, go on. We met in high school. I didn't really know her, but we reconnected at our 10-year reunion. I was... How old are you? 34. I was starting in grad school here at Georgetown, and she was working on the hill, so we're in the same city. So we kind of started dating eventually. She left for New York when we were 31, and I thought that'd be the end. But we kept seeing each other, and our quality time got better and better. Why her? I just said. I love talking to her, being with her. I just felt better when I'm with her. 
we showed up as an item last year at our 15th reunion, and we've been having the talk ever since. And do you have the same life goals? Yeah, well, complementary life goals anyway. My parents are still in Stanford, and her mom still is. Her dad passed away. Here's your rum and coke, and a Cosmo for you. And kids, the key to marriage is that you mutually pledge to stay married. That sounds like cogent marital advice. What's your experience with the institution? I had my Lizzie for 27 years and lost her in May. Oh, oh no. I'm so sorry. A Cosmo, my dear. Take your time downing it. Guys, words like at your level and college educated should be taken as metaphors. I didn't finish college, but I know that it is largely about socialization. The more common your life experience, the less communicating you need. For sure. Thanks so much. Oh, damn, girl. I love a Cosmo. Oh, I need to get loosened up. Anyway, Anna sounds wonderful for you, Jack. I can tell she brings out a lot of virtuous qualities in you. Well, you are a shrink. So, you guys, how do you find dating in D.C.? I'm 36. I just don't meet that many people who are relationship-oriented on the East Coast. It's a town of over-educated Peter Pans. People still date and hook up and hang out in their cliques like they did right out of college, like when they're 40. I've been out of the game for several years. I don't know anything about dating with social media or these location-based hookup apps. Besides, by now, my entire friend work all knows each other. I'm 31, and by the way, the East Coast isn't so bad. I lived out in the Bay Area, and nobody gets married out there. I'm open, but with school and work, nothing has really worked out. Let me guess, you have more degrees than long-term relationships. Um, yeah. It's different than the Midwest. My friends from high school have kids and are on their second marriages. My brother is a grandpa already. Gotta love East Coast institutions where good genes go to die. Oh, you haven't been to the West Coast, have you? Last year, I don't think there were any recorded births to educated couples in San Francisco. Anyway... Thus far, what you have wanted out of life are things that are best done alone. Look, it's like this. When we were 18, out of high school, everyone was standardized. Then those who went to college and then grad school and cool careers and such, well, they just become more specialized and harder to match. I've never heard it put like that. I just thought Ivy League types thinks there is always someone better for them. Ivy League types? <laughs> I went to Cal and Duke, so I am not sure if I fit your stereotype. Where are you going now, Harvard? Well, yeah. Anyway, I just want to connect and have someone who understands me. Do you wish you were married to any of your boyfriends on the East Coast? I don't know. Looking back, not really. I used to date a lot. Basically a boyfriend by committee. But all these D.C. guys, staffers, lobbyists are so full of themselves. Relationships can't work. Where do you meet these dudes? Online. Sometimes I get out, asked out at happy hours. But like you, my social networks have become one big circle, and thus my dating pool is basically one big Facebook group. Context matters in meeting people. Anna and I got close and romantic when we spent a weekend at a ski cabin with mutual friends. We got to cook and eat together and got to know her in a domestic situation. Totally. Domestic context is good. But still, men here have so many women to choose from. 
What's a woman to do? Knock on the door of every bachelor in my football jersey bearing hot wings? I like how you think. Kids, you're killing me, man. Sorry to eavesdrop, but I'm a bartender, and I see a lot. The key to relationships is that you both feel like you have a regular audience with each other. People talk about trust and communication. It is about trusting that the communication will occur regularly. Thank you. And another Cosmo. What does your girlfriend do? What she does is radiate warmth and a sage wisdom about people. If you insist on knowing her profession, she has a political communications background, but she wants to learn business, so she's in school. But you met her in a homey environment. That's when I got to know her well. It was a situation that I could envision her as a wife. A watering hole on K Street is not a homey situation. What? So you find D.C. women at K Street watering holes to be pushy? No. No more than you find D.C. men to be cocky assholes with puffed-up job titles. You're missing my point. I'm sure those women have a warm, fuzzy side. Just if they showed it more, the marriage rate would be higher. Context. Um, aren't you seeing this from the perspective of male privilege? How the hell do you know the marriage rate would be higher? You're joking, right? Male privilege? You're just trying to be provocative. No, it's just I've been told to get all these fancy jobs and work out at the gym as if I'm supposed to conform to a man's world. I'm not sure which of your critical theory professors at Berkeley brainwashed you, but men have expectations put on us too. I'm speaking for me. I don't know about you. I have been told to do X, Y, and Z, and I will have men for the choosing. But now, I have outrun the frickin' dating pool. It's just, it seems everyone wants to marry at their level. Like you need to be qualified for a job. If that were true, people would go on LinkedIn to search for dates. Resume qualifications are not the qualities you fall in love over. I hate the phrase at your level. A rich, powerful man who won't respect me or want to raise our kids is not at my level. Okay, the folks from which I come, God-fearing, family-oriented auto workers who actually make a decent living... I don't see myself setting you up with them. And I've known you for 10 minutes. I have a saying. Men are attracted to a woman's stature. Women are attracted to a man's status. That's anthropology or science or something. Okay, here's a question. What do you find attractive in a guy? And there are are ground rules. You can't mention a degree, a school, a job title, or an employer. I like that question. Well, what's your answer? Hmm... Personal qualities that turn me on are public service and charity. Someone who's actually working for a communal cause and respects me as a woman. I can't mention his job. No college name dropping. Um, I like guys who are chivalrous. I want him to be athletic and tough and vicious. Does fathering a child into a decent citizen count as an ambition? Yes, but we're supposed to be good parents. We're supposed to be faithful spouses. That's par performance. And I'm sorry, but there is a standard of living that I want. You all do. Well, more important than standard of living is quality of life. An old boyfriend who broke my heart last week used to make me feel actualized with him. We volunteered with children and traveled to three continents. In all honesty, Ruth, what you did cost money. Cosmo, my dear, take your time downing it. Guys, words like at your level and college educated should be taken as metaphors. I didn't finish college, but I know that it is largely about socialization. The more common your life experience, the less communicating you. 
honestly, one of the key relationship decisions is if you want to stay in D.C. Totally. I mean, like, my mom's always telling me there's plenty of men back in Michigan. Do you like it here? I do. I just wish I had someone to share it with. But then I don't have any family around, which will be nice as I want kids. Maybe he will have family around. Seriously? Who is actually from here? They exist. Out in the burbs, I guess. But I love the city. Just there are no men. What neighborhood are you in? West End. Northeast, in between Gallaudet and H Street. A true trailblazer, aren't you? I just think we should want to mix with other people. It's very diverse, racially and economically. I hope it stays that way. Come on, aren't you the very change you rail against? You're raising their rents, closing their dollar stores, making them feel like outsiders. Ha! I live in a building where no one was living before. But I go to the neighborhood meetings and ANC meetings to work to advocate for our community. I'm sorry, but there is nothing wrong with gentrification. Anyone can live wherever they want. It's called the fair housing law plus the laws of economics. I moved almost 300 miles to this place. It's okay to move three miles across town. You still have more social capital, more money, more education, and more access than these people being uprooted. They have less chance to get your job since they don't even have a senator. And they live here. For renters, there is rent control. For homeowners, there are equity loans or renters to rent your house to. They get bought out. That's an economic bargain they make for themselves. Oh, they're desperate people. There's no leveraged bargaining going on. And furthermore, it's not just economics. Political decisions are made to develop and redevelop. And the local representatives care more about attracting new people with money than serving those already here. Ha! That alcohol is working wonders for you, Ruth. Oh, I just get passionate. Those political decisions are made because there is now the capital and the demand for a new and improved city. And let's be honest, a lot of these advocates kind of actually want to keep the neighborhoods a little crappy to keep the cost of living down. Changes should benefit the folks who live there. You mean like homeowners and commercial property owners? Tell me, Ruth, why should my aunt living in Shaw, you know, how come she can't get an extra $200,000 for a row house because of some ass-backwards social housing covenant? Why? Public policy should benefit those who are least able to hack it on their own. Is there some latent guilt coming out? Because if so, you're not doing anything wrong. I chose to get an apartment there because it is a good mix of who makes up Washington, D.C., and I just like the challenge. We need to work to maintain the culture and character of the place. Maintain the culture and character of the place? That's a phrase I heard from the old homeowners association in Connecticut with all these immigrants in their new restaurants. That is such a false equivalent. Do tell. Guys, guys, stop. I'm sure like most DC professionals, you aspire to be on Crossfire, but it's Christmas. Oh boy. Guys, the problem with gentrification is how it's framed. Calling some folks gentry makes folks like me feel low class and worthless. We know, we know. Do you guys plan to buy? It seems like it is a prime place to make some money. I'm not sure I want to settle here long term, but I do like the experience of living there. Besides, I don't want the responsibility of ownership. I have the superintendent downstairs to collect packages, fix my pipes. I can't deal with that right now. We plan to buy next summer. The more you put in, the more you get out of the house.
I wish I could afford a house, but I kind of like running. I can move whenever. Right. Plus, if a new job or grad school comes calling. We're making D.C. our home. Petworth. Anna has an aunt nearby, and her mom can come down and see us. I guess there is a PR job in Michigan. Maybe something small in Lansing or Ann Arbor, or I could move to Chicago. But basically, for what I do, I have to be here. Exactly. Leaving D.C. would kill my career. And there are only a couple of other places that could support my wife or soon-to-be fiancé's career. She hasn't said yes yet. So, D.C. is the one place we both like and that can support both our ambitions. Ambitions for employment out of the home you're referring to? Yes. I like being a congressional staffer. And I want to move to a think tank. Do you want to rise up in the power structure? That's how you get stuff done in this town. I think I am the only one in D.C. not to come to town with their own political platform. Do you want to stay in PR? I like it, but I'm not ambitious for the next job or anything. I wouldn't want my boss's job. There's more of us in D.C. than you think. I like pediatric psychiatry, but I really want to feel like I am helping children en masse. There's no specific job title or bureaucracy to do that. Create your own venture. Now you're talking. That's very, very Bay Area of you. Not so much D.C., or so is my impression. I'd agree. D.C. is so institutionalized. The culture out west is more entrepreneurial. Jack, is parenting an ambition of yours? We want to work in a kid. I've never heard it put like that before. When I have kids, we are moving to find more space. A kid needs a yard. There are new affordable communities in PG County, actually. All PG means is pre-gentrification, my friend. I like having all the resources around for the kids, but my man's got to have income. That's just my reality. I ain't working for a couple of years, and the man's role is to provide. Cue Ruth's indignation. The man's role is to provide? How about, I want a husband who is like X, not the role of the man is to be like X. Melissa, you are rolling back the clock, sister. Me completely paying for him is not exactly a turn-on for me, or any woman I know. If he volunteers for something meaningful, that's good enough for me. And be a good dad. Yes, but I must admit, I'm not there yet about having kids in the city. Schools? Uh Uh-oh. Ruth, won't you have single-handedly saved the public schools by then? The city itself is a great classroom. Anna and I will stay here for the long haul. The long haul. I just feel year after year I'm here in D.C., still single, still on the same job. I just don't see where life is going. No one knows. Where else would you be? Oh, dang. So they're not going to vote tonight, but I still have to go back for a quick strategy meeting. If ever there are contradiction in terms, I guess I'll uh, be on the midnight train. Charles, I've got to pay you now. Wow, that line has gotten long. Well, it sure was nice getting you out of your binder and getting to know you. Yeah, perhaps our paths will cross again. Very likely on a train platform on December 23rd next year. Here are your checks. I hope I don't feel like it's another wasted year of my professional life and love life in D.C. Hey, you're here because you're the most actualized here. Simple as that. And as for finding someone special, it's best when they meet you at your best. Truer words have never been spoken. So have we met in a LinkedIn context or a Facebook context? How about mailing addresses for holiday cards? We'll pledge to write on Christmas Eve if we don't meet on the platform next year. Here's my card. Sounds good. 
Extra tip for you and your wisdom, Charles. What are you guys doing for New Year? I will actually take a quick trip back down here to pick up the rest of my clothes. So I'm going to my friend's party on 11th Street in Columbia Heights. Me too. Anna and I will be at Grill 11. No way! No way! How do you know Regan Alexander? We were in the same dorm at Berkeley. We have brunch all the time. I know her from charity fundraisers. Anna and I can't even remember who met her first, just through friends, you know. We circulate through the same parties. Hey, I know a cow guy who'll be there who might be your type. He grew up on a cattle farm. A man's man. And Jack, I know another cow guy who works at a budget think tank to introduce you to. Here, take two of my cards. The guys who do charity fundraisers should be a good fit. They'll be at Regan's Bash. Cool. What should we call our little group? You are here at the station coming together, the D.C. Station Union. Stay tuned for Episode 2, Singles Liberation Day, where we'll find out about Jack's wedding planning drama and maybe, just maybe, see Ruth find a guy.